Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hey everyone, welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse. Today is a special day. We are kicking off a series on female pleasure. I know this is a taboo subject and it can be really challenging for people to talk about. It's the one thing that I've found that really makes moms uncomfortable. That's the idea of talking to their daughters about pleasure. Really, it's what inspired me to put together this series and have this conversation. I get it. It's not easy to talk to your partner about this, never mind your kid. It might even be hard for you to verbalize what you find pleasurable. Maybe you don't even know. Who has time to think about that anyway? This is a conversation that is too important to ignore. If we do, It could take your teen a lifetime to figure out that sex is supposed to feel good. A lifetime to figure out how to be a good lover. Do you think I'm exaggerating? I know older women who feel like they have missed out on a lifetime of positive and pleasurable sexual experiences simply because they didn't know. The good news is is you're about to learn things you didn't even know you didn't know. We're going to explore all sorts of new and pleasurable things. Plus, we'll talk about ways to make it easier to figure out what you enjoy, how to talk to your partner about what you like and don't like without hurting their feelings, and the things that you'd like to try that maybe you feel really vulnerable about sharing. While most of this series is for your personal education, I asked my guests to share their thoughts on ways to talk to kids about these subjects in ways that makes it more comfortable for all of us. You won't want to miss a single interview. In fact, you might even want to go to my website and sign up for reminders. I really wanted this series to have the potential to make a shift in your life, which is why I added a web class at the end of this series for those of you who want to increase the level of pleasure in your life who want to take it deeper, who want to have the visuals to go along with what you've been learning about to help fill in the gaps of information. The web class is designed to help you integrate and take action. You can get more information about it over on my website. The other piece that I wanted to include as part of the series was a vibrator giveaway. Why? Well, because it's all about pleasure, of course. But if you have a daughter, I'd like to invite you to consider giving her a vibrator. That's why I wanted to give some away because I already know, I know like not everybody is going to drop a hundred bucks on a nice vibrator for their teenager. So I know, I get it. Giving a vibrator to your teenager is a radical thought, but think about it. You've got the series to think about it. And so let me just tell you about the vibrator I selected. I selected the Leia 2 for this giveaway because I wanted something that a mother would feel okay with giving her daughter. 
The Leia is a nice little clip vibe that is great for a first-time user and has all of the features an experienced user would want. So if you want to keep the vibrator for yourself, totally fine. This is a nice vibrator. I'm super grateful to Fun Factory for providing the vibrators. We have three to give away, and we will award them at the end of the series. So to register for a chance to win, you can go to holisticsexedradio.com forward slash pleasure, sign up for reminders, and it will put you right on the page with a link to both my upcoming web class on female pleasure and also the giveaway. If you prefer not to have reminders, that's totally fine. You don't have to sign up for them. Of course, I would love to have you on my mailing list and, you know, you could get reminders for my upcoming shows, but if you prefer not to have reminders, totally fine. There are links at the top of the page for both the web class and for the giveaway. There's more than one way that you can sign up. Okay, so that's all of my announcements for the moment. And now, drum roll, please. I am so excited. I would like to introduce my first guest of the Female Pleasure Series, Amanda Testa. Amanda is a soulful, heart-centered expert when it comes to sex and relationships. She helps overwhelmed professional women and couples reconnect to themselves and their partners. Her unique proven process, the Feminine Fire Method, combines neuroscience and nervous system regulation with ancient practices from Tantra and Taoism to help women heal their relationship to their sexuality so they can eliminate shame and guilt, own their confidence, feel like a goddess in their skin, and have the deeply connected relationships they desire. She's also the mama to a gorgeous eight-year-old girl, wife to her sexy husband, and host of the Find Your Feminine Fire podcast. Love, sex, relationship coaching is what she does, awakening women to their sexual power, confidence, and worthiness of who she is. Her goal helping busy mamas ditch the guilt and overwhelm and live a life with a lot more pleasure and fun. Hey, Amanda. So good to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Robin, for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. It's my pleasure to have you. You know, I just love the stuff that you're doing. And so I wanted to kind of like ask you, what got you started into this? And like, like what was, you know, like, how did you develop this method, the feminine fire method? Like, I'm sure there's a whole story behind all that. Yes. And one of the things I feel kind of helps it be relatable is just a little bit about why I started on this path myself. Because mm-hmm. I think for so many women, myself included, as a mom, I had so many expectations for myself. And I just remember when my daughter was about a year old, in the morning, I would just feel right before the day even began, super resentful, exhausted, overwhelmed, like the minute I heard the first cry. And I just remember this one day in particular, stumbling to the bathroom and I was tripping over toys on the way and just muttering to myself, like, I'm the only one that ever does anything around here, just feeling so irritated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just remember going to the bathroom and looking at myself in the mirror and I literally had zero connection with the woman looking back at me. And I thought, what? is happening. Like, this cannot be my life. I cannot live like this. And I couldn't figure out what was going on because I thought I was doing all the right things. You know, I was taking care of myself. I was exercising. I was eating well. I was involved in the community. I have, you know, a beautiful marriage. And, you know, 
my daughter was beautiful and healthy. Of course, I love her beyond belief. And so I just couldn't figure out what it was. And there was no postpartum, postpartum issues, anything like that. There was just something deeply missing. And I just remember in that moment, making a commitment to myself to just follow the breadcrumbs that came up across my path to find her again. And so that's what I did. I just started researching and looking like what can help me right now. And I happened to come across one of my mentors, Layla Martin, and she had a class on jade eggs. It was around, you know, working with your pelvic floor and, you know, healing your sexuality and all these things. And I thought, well, that certainly couldn't hurt. Right. <laughs> that certainly couldn't hurt. I was like, things in the bedroom have not been great since I had my baby and I am down for whatever. I will be open. And I remember at the time being super embarrassed about it. I was like, oh my God, I hope no one knows I'm doing this. This is mortifying. This is so embarrassing. Feeling so much like shame and embarrassment around it. Mm-hmm. And But I was open-minded. And so as I moved through the program, I just was amazed at the changes I started to notice in myself and the change in how I felt about my body and you know, kind of really uncovering a lot of these stories and things that I had didn't even realize were there. And so after the work, it was just a night and day from when I started. And I thought, why do women not know these things? Like, why are we not taught this? And this should be screamed from the mountaintops. And so truly that is why it became my mission to help educate other women. Most specifically, I work with a lot of moms because, you know, that's kind of my journey. But just how you can move from that overwhelm, exhausted, martyr-type position of mothering into one that's way more pleasurable and fun and that everyone benefits from. You know, when you are feeling good and that just kind of, there's, you know, that ripple effect. Absolutely. So now it's, it's night and day. So that's part of how I developed my method. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, as, as, as you were talking, I was like, wow, you know, it's like, I also have a similar story, like of making discoveries and be like, wow, what if every young woman knew this stuff, you know, growing up and this kind of thing. And, and so like, as you're coming to these realizations, like what were the things that you wish that you had learned or things that you just like, that you want to shout to these women from the rooftops? Like, what are some of these things? Right. Well, first of all, you know, I think just looking back now, I realize how much repression and conservative upbringing I had, like there was a lot of that happening. And so looking back at my education, I was born in Georgia, I was raised in South Georgia, and there was a lot of shame around it. No one talked about sex, no one really talked about it. And I remember my, I had a very religious upbringing as well. So I remember being in church in eighth grade and the Sunday school teacher said I would go to hell if I held hands with a boy. Mm. And so that was very deeply ingrained. And as well, you know, my mom was a science teacher. She was as open as she could be, but I just remember never feeling comfortable and talking to her about it. And I remember she was my sex sex ed teacher in sixth grade as well, which was mortifying. Your mother was your sex ed teacher? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was the worst. I would be like sitting in the back of the class hiding. (laughs) It was the worst. So you can imagine already having enough embarrassment about that subject at however Mm -hmm. old you are. They're 11, 12. I don't even remember. Mm -hmm. And um, then your mom is the teacher. Yeah. So that that was rough. So I just remember having a lot wrapped up around that. And looking back, I just had wished there was a more of an understanding of my own body and understanding that pleasure is good and really being familiar with my own anatomy and talking about it like it's a normal thing. 
Imagine that. Right? <laughs> it's just like a normal system like any other system in your body. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, pleasure is good. You know, I find talking to a lot of moms that the whole idea of talking about pleasure, especially to their kids, is like mortifying. You know, it's like, you know, I, 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 and I wonder, like, where does that discomfort come in? Because I know, you know, whenever I talk about this, like, their mind goes straight, of course, to, like, sexual pleasure, this kind of thing. But yet, pleasure is so many other things besides sexual. There's sensual, there's the senses. And, yes. and you know, just, like, the touch on your skin can be very pleasurable. That's not necessarily sexual. It can be. But, you know, can you, can you talk a little bit about that? What are your thoughts around that? I so agree. I think expanding that definition of pleasure. And also, the more that your kids see you enjoying life, the more they're likely to enjoy their own. So even if that's just sitting down and enjoying presence with them, if it's when you're having a meal, really talking about all the different pieces and parts of your experience, right? Well, wow, look how beautiful this food is. Can we talk about where it came from? Or, you know, think of all the people that were involved in bringing it to the table. And isn't it so amazing that we have this beautiful fresh water and, you know, really kind of making the experience more sensual. Mm -hmm. And that helps to expand their capacity for pleasure as well. And so the more I think you're turned on to what makes you feel good, what you enjoy, the same token comes into play when things don't feel good and when things don't feel right so that your child will be more apt to speak up for when things aren't feeling good, whether no matter what their age, you know? So I think the more they can tune into what feels good, the more they can understand what feels bad, then they can better speak to their boundaries around that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I heard in there too, there was a, like an element of gratitude and appreciation in that discovery of things like there's kind of like wrapped up in those pleasurable good feelings and stuff appreciation you know you're talking about appreciating the, the you know the the crystal clear water and you know all these different things yes for sure because i think that appreciation piece is a big part of the pleasure the more you enjoy it and the more you really take it in on all levels the more pleasurable it can be and like you said it doesn't always have to be sexual it can be the simplest little things Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think teaching kids about pleasure at a young age, just, wow, doesn't that taste delicious? Or doesn't that look beautiful? Wow, look at that sunset, you know, and just all of that. Yes. Delight think, in the senses. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful. And my daughter, she's seven. So, you know, she still has a lot of opinions about things, as, as hopefully she always will. But I think because we really try and if we are enjoying something, explain to her why it's important to us because she might not be wanting to do what we're doing. Or for example, hiking, we live in Colorado, so we like to go out into hiking. And she has a lot more patience around it because she realizes how much we enjoy it and why. And so then when we're out there, she's like, wow, this is so amazing. I'm so glad we live here. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, good, it's working. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. So let's talk a little bit more like around about like, sensual self-care practices because you know i think first you know the one thing is like identifying what you enjoy what you find pleasurable and like let's bring that into like the realm of self-care because like i've i discovered like when i was like 18 like if you don't stop and smell the roses like that goes by and you never get that opportunity again and so i kind of like made this pact with myself like you know i would take the time to stop and appreciate the small things in life 
I love that perspective. And, you know, to that, um, when you take that time to enjoy the small things, it expands, like I said before. And I think when it comes to self-care, the reason why pleasure can be so helpful is because it really helps regulate our nervous system. And for those of you out there who may be very familiar with the nervous system, some may, some may not be, but, you know, typically when you have a well-regulated nervous system, you know, it's in charge of so many things in our body. And it helps us to be able to go from a situation that might be stressful, like if you think a little kid running and skinning their knee, and then they cry, and then two minutes later, they're running around playing again. You know, that's that healthy resilience. And over time, in our as adults, because of life, traumas, stress, all the things that happen, and our culture that's totally bombarding us with like, go, 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 you've got to be the best, and you got to blah, 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 all the things, we can often be in this hyper state of overwhelm. Or alternatively, you get burned out, and then you're going down below into this hypo state of just like, oh, depression, exhaustion, just like I can't even go on. But then you're like, but wait, I've got kids and I've got to do this, that, and the other. And so you shoot back up. So we're often up and down. And mm-hmm. so when you can find pleasure, pleasurable states to resource and to spend time in, it helps you stay in the window of tolerance, which is a very, it's in between those two states, right? It's where you can have an experience that's stressful and then regulate your system and respond to things with more creativity, with more of your prefrontal cortex online versus constantly reacting in a stressed out mode. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love pleasure because that those are the types of things that can help your nervous system to slow down and to relax. I mean, even breath. I love using breath as one of the simple pleasure practices. You know, even touching your body in a way that feels good. Sometimes that can be hard for people, but finding a way that your body likes to be touched. You know, maybe you like, like to touch your face softly or maybe... You like more of a firm touch. Maybe you just like to press down firmly on your legs or whatever it is, kind of playing with that and noticing what feels good to you is another beautiful way, I feel like, to soothe it. And then you can take it further from there, obviously, if you want to build in self-pleasure practices. That can, you know, take it to the next level. It doesn't have to be there, but it also can be a really beautiful way to keep your, you know, your juices flowing, mm-hmm. so to speak. That's right. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people don't take time for it. You know, there's probably two camps. There's those who do and those who never do, <laughs> and, and or very rarely. And, you know, I think it's such an important aspect of, you know, our health because with our sexuality, it's, it's, it's true, especially as we get older. If you don't use it, you lose it. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually really fascinated by um, the jade egg practice. And so let's take a quick commercial break. And I'd like to ask you a few questions about that when we come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Everyone wants more pleasure, yet pleasure is an uncomfortable topic. Would you be surprised to know that most women have never taken the time to fully explore their bodies in intimate or erotic ways? That's why I'm hosting a powerful and long overdue web class on understanding female pleasure. Go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the web class link at the top of the page for more information and to register for understanding female pleasure today. 
We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. We're back. So, Amanda, tell me more about Jade Egg Practices. So, you, you started engaging it with them around a year after you gave birth to your child. You said that you were, you know, struggling a little bit in the sexual department after, you know, giving birth, which is totally normal. You know, a lot of women struggle after childbirth. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the Jade Egg and like what the practices were about and the benefits that you got from them? Sure, I'd be happy to. And I think this is when we were talking earlier about a pleasure practice or a daily pleasurable self-care practice. For me, that was the first time I'd ever thought that was a thing. You know, like I'm going to create this time for myself to work on my sexuality. What is that? Right? That was just such a out there concept for me. Mm-hmm. And now I realize I could not live without that practice because like anything that's important to you, you have to make time for it. And it is a practice because I think that's the key is you just show up and however it's meant to unfold, it will. So maybe that means you complete an entire jade egg practice, which I'll talk to in a second. Or maybe that just means that you do something nourishing for your body in that moment. So if you're, and I think that's the key is you start to learn more about consent in your own body because when you're doing these practices they're rooted in the Taoist philosophy of really cultivating your sexual energy and how you can do that because it's a thing and it's powerful and um, most of us aren't taught about it but you can learn and you it's it's uh, something that's accessible to everyone and so that's what the jade egg practice is really about it's learning to cultivate your own sexual energy and then using that energy to nourish your entire system so that could be the jade egg is actually an egg made of jade that looks kind of like an egg. It's um, You put it in the vagina and you do exercises with the pelvic floor muscles. And again, it's always based on, it's always a really good idea to kind of understand the health of your pelvic floor before you start the practice. Cause it's not, I mean, for some people it's not, it's better not to use an egg depending on if you have, you know, super tight muscles or vaginismus, there's things where there's other practices you might want to incorporate before using the jade egg. Or the other great thing about it is it is a beautiful way to create sensate focus with the pelvic floor. Because often when you're doing kegels, you might not realize if you're doing them properly or not. So part of the practice is understanding the pelvic floor anatomy and how you use the egg and how to tell when you're using the muscles properly in a way that is going to support your pelvic floor versus cause more harm. Mm-hmm. So, but I do love, I mean, and I think that's what's so great about the practice is because there are a lot of steps to it. And with those steps, you can kind of learn, all right, when is it a yes in my body and when is it a no? Right? One of those things always asking before you insert the egg, if that's something that you'll do, is, is your body a yes or a no? And if it's a no, you can always continue the practice without the egg. And if mm-hmm. it's a yes, then you can do the practice with the egg. But it's also that learning of that was something that I had never thought about before in a way of reverence, you know, like really honoring myself, honoring my body 
in a way of reverence because I think for many women in my generation or just in our culture in the U.S., it's like I was taught that my body was for someone else, right? My pleasure didn't matter. It was always about the person I was with. Mm -hmm. And I just think there was a lot of performance. There was a lot of what I thought it was supposed to look like versus really tuning in and what did I really enjoy? What really made me feel good? And not just about pleasing my partner, but enjoying the experience myself and really listening to my body and honoring its yeses and nos. So I'd like to kind of clarify that a little bit. So I, I, I've met people who like, they, they kind of like, they ask their hands like yes or no. And, and I know it's like a way of tuning into the energy to feel, you know, like what is their energetic and yes and no. And so I'm wondering if, if that's kind of what you're talking about or to, if you could explain a little bit more to our listeners, you know, what does it mean? Like when you're tuning into your body to like, listen for a yes or a no, what might that feel like? What does that look like? What does that mean? Yes. That's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, sure. And I think that's one of the, the, the nuances you'll get more familiar with as you tune in and do a practice or just listening to your body. You can kind of tell when your body is a no by, for example, if it's around self-pleasure or sex is if you're, if you even notice as a woman body, I mean, as a, you know, if you have a vagina and it closes up, perhaps maybe it's not lubricated. Maybe there's tightness. Maybe your body's curled in. Like maybe there's some kind of tension that oftentimes can be a no. Right. And it's kind of determining that. And as you, as you mentioned, using your hand, you know, if you are listening to your body, when you touch it, is it because you're trying to get something in a way? Like, is there just a goal that you're trying to, maybe you're just wanting to have a quick orgasm, which is fine, but also just tuning into the goal. Like, am I listening to my body's needs or am I just trying to like relieve some stress or just have a quick orgasm? And that can be okay too. But I think just also taking the time on occasion, it doesn't have to be all the time. I like to think of it as like gourmet sex versus fast food sex, right? Mm-hmm. Taking your time to really tune in and listen. Sometimes you just want it down and dirty and that's fine too. But the more you tune in, a yes is oftentimes for a more open experience. Like you'll notice your your vagina actually opens, like the vulva will expand and you can kind of feel this um, kind of inviting feeling. Mm-hmm. So if you're working with the jade in particular, you'll notice it can kind of suck the egg in versus you feel like you really have to use a lot of pressure and force to insert the egg. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I could just kind of wrap up the jade egg portion with regards to the pleasure practices, just yes. being like, I think one of the nice things about it is it because it gives some kind of structure to a practice because you can say, oh, I want to self-pleasure, but you might not even have familiarity of what your body likes or what that looks like. So taking even the time to learn your own body's likes and dislikes can be so key. And I think that's what's great about a practice like the jade egg because you actually have a structure around which to work in. You know, there's someone like showing you the way, okay, this is an option you can try. Here's the, you know, you start this way, you do the practice this way, and then you complete it this way. So there's like a beginning, middle, and end, Mm -hmm. which I think you can put towards any pleasure practice. You know, even if it's just short as like taking a breath, setting a quick intention, you know, I really want to nourish my body and do what it wants, feel good, to connect to pleasure and however that looks today. And whether that's taking some breaths, whether that's self-pleasuring, doing a jade egg practice, whatever it may be, then you do that. And then at the end, kind of have a little completion, like honoring yourself for showing up, honoring yourself for, you know, nourishing your body in that way, honoring your sexuality and your pleasure and however that looks. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you're talking about that, it makes me think of your body as a temple, you know, it's like, you know, how can we treat the body as sacred space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the more you do that, then people around you can feel it, you know, and if it's something that you can do and then teach your child to do when it's, whenever you feel it's age appropriate, you know, then they have better, they have better understanding of their own body. And when it feels good and when someone's honoring and respecting them and when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And having the opportunity to, to, keep, uh, to teach kids what that honoring feels like. And you can use other instances that are non-sexual, you know, like friendships or, you know, just whatever examples that you come across in life to help kids learn to identify the differences. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So let's see. Um, you know, I kind of want to circle back around to the idea that, you know, it's challenging for parents to talk about, you know, sexual pleasure with their kids, because I know that this is an area of discomfort. And I think a lot of that maybe stems from our own hangups around sexuality, pleasure, and this kind of thing. So could you talk a little bit about you know, like addressing like our own hangups and ways that we can kind of like work through some of this stuff so that we're not passing on like these weird sex hangups or, you know, like conservative upbringings or, you know, like bad experiences around sex or relationships to our kids. Because I've, I've, I've heard, um, I think it was in one of my other interviews that somebody mentioned that if you have like a negative verbal expression about like love or relationships that there's a really good chance that your kid is going to have problems in those areas down the road. And so I would love to just kind of unpack some of that. Yes. Cause we are models for them, right? So mm-hmm. whatever we model, they are going to, to take in and for, with regards to your own history around your sex education or lack thereof or the experiences you had, I think something to unpack when that discomfort comes up when you're going to be talking to your kids around this is kind of taking the time to revisit your own story, right? You can take the time to rewrite your own narrative. And I think one of the keys with that is, you know, looking, what did you, if you were in some ideal situation, what would you love it to look like? You know, like you said earlier, what were the messages you wish you would have had, that you didn't and how could you share that with your children um with that also looking back is what did you hear coming along like what did your family of origin tell you around sexuality menstruation you know your body all the things right and looking back what were the messages you received and did they serve you or not and what would you have liked them to be if they didn't serve you you know i think yeah and also go ahead Oh, I was no, just going to say, I was just going to say, like, and how do you like reprogram those ones that you decide aren't serving you? <laughs> yeah. So that's where the work comes in. And I think right. it's, you know, really being with those parts and feeling, feeling the feelings that arise, you know, say you have that church lady voice that comes up. I do my, like, I call it my church lady voice that comes up and is like, oh, you're going to go to hell if you do that or whatever it may be. Right. <laughs> but just, I have a lot better, I have a, a recognition of who she is and when she comes up and her thought pattern and I can say I so appreciate you and your thoughts but in this moment I am choosing to listen to my own empowered self which you know it takes some work to get there but I think to simplify it it's like really noticing what what's coming up when you hear when you feel the thing so if it's uh 
feeling shame, for example. You know, if you feel shame when you're going to have this conversation, or if you feel like a tightness in your chest, or like butterflies in your belly, or just feel like, oh, this is too hard, I'm just going to go to sleep, whatever comes up, (laughs) just noticing that. Like, what, what is happening in your system? Like, what are the sensations you notice in your body? What's happening there? So, maybe you have that feeling in your gut. It's like these butterflies and say, hmm, what did the butterflies have to tell you? Right? Because usually there's something that they're trying to express. So, if you tune in, maybe it's, well, I think I remember I got in trouble for talking about sex when I was in seventh grade because my friend and I were talking about a Prince song and I remember we got in trouble. And you can be like, oh, that's interesting, <laughs> right? There's usually just interesting tidbits that come up. Right. You explore and things you might not even realize. And so the more you can kind of understand it, then you can have a better awareness of it. And I think the other thing too is educating yourself. You know, that's what's so great about your show and the work that you do is learning some good resources so you feel more confident in talking to your kids. Because if you didn't have the education, then you're not going to feel as confident teaching it to them. So doing your own work to learn, to educate yourself, and to be able to answer their questions honestly and accurately. And if you don't have the answer, that's perfectly fine too. You can just say, you know what, I don't know, and I'm going to find out for you. That's always a good good answer when you don't when you don't exactly know what to say. It's like, hmm, that's a great question. Let me Let's, let's uh, do a little research on that together or something, or let me yeah. get back to you either way, you know, whatever the case may be. So let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about communication and uh, getting over some of these uh, challenging conversations. So uh, we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Everyone wants more pleasure, yet pleasure is an uncomfortable topic. Would you be surprised to know that most women have never taken the time to fully explore their bodies in intimate or erotic ways? That's why I'm hosting a powerful and long overdue web class on understanding female pleasure. Go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the web class link at the top of the page for more information and to register for understanding female pleasure today. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Amanda, so I know when it comes to talking about sex and pleasure, it can be really challenging to have these conversations, even with our intimate partners, never mind with our kids. So I wanted to talk a little bit about talking, you know, like bringing this this 
pleasure piece and the communication and like the sexual aspect because I know it's hard for us to say like what we want during sex or like if we want to try something new or different like it can be really uncomfortable to actually say those things out loud or ask your partner to do something different it's like if we if we have this much trouble asking our lover for something we want to try that we think might feel good it's like how are we gonna ever have these conversations with our kids (laughs) yeah and that is so you you hit it right on is that you have to have the experience to speak to it often, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think with regards to having the conversation with your partner, it, it can be very challenging and it's extremely vulnerable. And it's so often I'll work with clients and they've been together for years and years and that's the one area they can't talk about, mm-hmm. which is so, it's, it's just a very common thing that there's a lot of, of vulnerability involved and, you know, there's fear of being judged by your partner or fear of being shamed by your partner or fear that, um, they might think you're too much or not enough or whatever comes up, like all the thoughts. <laughs> right, right. And I think one of the ways to have the conversation is always just being vulnerable about it and really sharing why it's important to you. I think mm-hmm. starting with you getting clear on why, you know, why is it that you want to try this new position? Why is it that you want to have this conversation? And perhaps it's you want to deepen the pleasure you experience together. Perhaps it's you want to expand the intimacy in your relationships. Perhaps you want to invite more play because oftentimes when we get in these ruts and especially when we have kids, it can be hard to invite play, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. you're sneaking it in in 30 minutes when you've got a second. But I think like I mentioned to you earlier, creating those times for the gourmet sex experiences right. and letting go of the outcome. So if the gourmet sex happens, great. If you just have a great conversation, great. But I think that's the first step is just coming to them with why it's important. And if you don't know how to start that conversation, you can always say, oh, well, I heard on this podcast, um, someone was talking about X, Y, Z. What are your thoughts around that? Right. Right. So versus saying yes or giving them a yes, no answer, just giving them an opportunity to expand on that. So, hey, I want to try this to you. If they say no, then you have no other options. But if you say, you know, I heard about this. What are your thoughts around that? And just getting them talking or getting curious mm-hmm. can be a good way to start the conversation mm-hmm. or or also you can download, there's lots of, um, you can find a checklist, for example, you know, with like yes, no, maybes, which can be a really fun project. So you can, I'll ha- I know you can Google it and find it. Be careful always Googling though. But um, <laughs> I always have to say that you can't unsee things you see on Google. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, finding a checklist of different things you can play or try and having yes, no, maybe conversations about it. Because sometimes that can be a a really fun experience. Like you'll mm-hmm. laugh probably more, more often than not. Mm-hmm. There'll be things that you're like a definite red light no to. Some you might be a maybe and then the ones you're a green. And if both of you are greens and they align, then you can say, okay, this would be fun things to try. Yeah, definitely. And, and that always changes because we're always evolving. So I think too, if you've been with someone for a while, it's always a good idea to, ex- to just see are there other sides of you that want to be expressed sexually. Because usually there are, and oftentimes mm-hmm. we're afraid to share that with our partner. Yeah, we're afraid of being judged and that sort of thing. And, and you know, even if you have good conversation around sex in general, it can still be challenging to speak up and say, oh, this feels uncomfortable, or, hey, I'd like to try this, or can you do that? Like this that might feel really good kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think the idea of like your checklist is very interesting. And then I've also seen games that 
you know, couples can engage in that ask a lot of questions. And some of them are more general, like get to know each other kind of questions. But who's to say that you couldn't, you know, make up your own questions and throw them in a hat and like reach in and dig around and, you know, it's like you got a 50-50 chance of getting one of your questions or one of your partner's questions and, you know, exactly. then you get to uh, to answer the question and you could, who knows what you could learn. You could learn some really cool, fun things. Definitely. And it is fun. And I think, you know, I have, there's an exercise that I share that I take couples through often where you know, it's the vulnerability exercise of sharing. What do you desire? What are you afraid of? What do you love about me? And just having that conversation in a structured kind of container. So, okay, this is what it's going to look like. I'm going to ask you a question for two minutes and then you're going to answer it. And I'm just going to listen to what you say without piping in. And then you take turns with that. So it kind of gives a structure to it. And it can feel really hard and uncomfortable at first because for many people, we don't feel comfortable talking about desires, much less even know what they are. Um, and that is a really hard time. That's the really hard part for a lot of people is what mm-hmm. is it that you even want? Mm-hmm. But just opening the doorway to that conversation makes it easier over time. And I can share that if you want me to. I can, I'm happy to share that practice. Yeah, sure. To that. Sure. It's amandatessa.com is my website, amandatessa.com slash intimacy. And there's a couple practices there that kind of help facilitate communication around it. Cool. Yeah, we will uh, we'll post that in the show notes to put that link there for people. That'd be great. So like if somebody really doesn't have like they're like, oh, sex is fine. You know, it's good. Everything feels good. You know, they don't seem to have any particular desires or, you know, like haven't identified anything that feels particularly good or that sort of thing. Like what can people do to help figure it out? Like what feels good or what they might like or want more of or what do they desire? Yes, that's a great question. And often it is just taking the time to try new things. So maybe it's try different types of touch. You could try, you know, do you like a firm touch or a soft touch? Do you like a tickly touch or like a harder scratch? You know, and you can try that on different parts of your body too. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe you just try it on your arm or maybe you try it on your chest or maybe you try it on your genitals. It just really depends. Right. And you might like different sensations in different spots. Like it might mm-hmm. feel really good to have your back scratched, but you might not, might not want that on your genitals, right? Exactly. <laughs> Extreme examples, right? <laughs> it's true. But and I think too, just thinking you can think speed, mm-hmm. you know, fast and slow. Oftentimes slowing things down can be really a powerful way to experience new sensation. For the most part, speed is something that is usually fast a lot of times during sex. Mm-hmm. So just slowing everything down, slow motion, if right. you will. Mm-hmm. Because the slower you go, the more you can connect to, ooh, I liked that, or I didn't like that. Right. And sometimes when it's fast, you can't c- connect those dots as easily. Right, or I can't communicate it either. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, what you did like 30 seconds ago was amazing, but what you're doing right now is not so much. And it's like, oh, well, 30 seconds ago, wasn't I doing the same thing? It's like, well... Not exactly. <laughs> you, you, did, you had like this little angle and it was like hitting that spot, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And by the time you are able to get that out of your mouth, it's changed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And cool. I think too, one of the things I like to share is just try it. The more presence you can bring during sex, like to the exact moment, mm-hmm. it kind of helps to avoid criticism or complaining is the more you just focus on, let's just both be in the moment. And we change day to day. So maybe yesterday I loved when you did that thing. And today I want to punch you in the face. 
when you do that thing, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, you know, but like just really being open to seeing when we are having sex, let's really just ex- express what's true in the moment mm-hmm. and knowing that can shift. And, and both having that agreement, like if something doesn't feel good or just tell me if something wants, to, if you want something to be di- different. And I think checking in with each other too, just like when you get a massage, right? right? How's the pressure? How's the speed? Just checking in occasionally with one another. Right. And because that's often groundbreaking right there. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, well, in speaking of massage, like, for example, I know for myself personally, like when you get into that zone, like it's hard to like form words, you know, it's like the, the connection between brain and mouth is like not working. It's too relaxed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it could be really hard to like make, you know, to say when something doesn't feel good. And so having that person check in can help stimulate the brain to like, be like, well, actually I, just a little tweak would make it feel better, you know, kind of thing. It opens the door for that conversation. Yeah. And letting your sounds be authentic. I think because of porn culture that often maybe you'll say something feels good when it doesn't because you don't want to hurt your partner's feelings or you want to make mm-hmm. them feel good. But I really, it, it, it's a challenging thing to do sometimes. It's a practice, but only really making sounds of pleasure when something's pleasurable. Mm. Or some of us are really silent too. Mm-hmm. And that can like, be Okay. Yeah, or, you know, I mean, like, I was thinking along the lines, but yeah, it can't, it's okay. But also, you know, if you're silent just by habit or embarrassment or that sort of thing, try playing with your breath or, mm-hmm. you know, opening your mouth and allowing some sound out and vocalizing a little bit can really change the experience too. So true, because sound is such a big part of, you know, it's one of those holistic sex tools that can be so powerful and like you say if there's if you have concerns about being loud or maybe you're concerned that you have kids next door or parents living with you whatever it may be right you can still have the intensity through your breath maybe you don't make the same scream or noise or whatever is up and coming that wants to release but you can have the intensity behind a breath right but just have the volume be down but the intensity can be there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah get out the pillow (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of them, uh, something, you know, about being present, um, you know, my boyfriend has often said, you know, like, as we like sit down to be with each other, like I am present and engaged kind of thing, which I think is a nice practice in like just affirming to yourself, like, yeah, I'm here present with you right now. And I'm turning off the phone, putting all that stuff away, pushing work away, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's take a quick commercial break. And I'd like to talk a little bit. Um, I know that you work with like nervous system regulation and, and you know, are knowledgeable about the neuroscience. And I'm actually wanting to talk a little bit about anxiety and sex. So mm-hmm. we'll come back. Let's talk about that. Sure. All right. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Everyone wants more pleasure, yet pleasure is an uncomfortable topic. 
Would you be surprised to know that most women have never taken the time to fully explore their bodies in intimate or erotic ways? That's why I'm hosting a powerful and long overdue web class on understanding female pleasure. Go to holisticsexedradio.com and click on the web class link at the top of the page for more information and to register for understanding female pleasure today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. So Amanda, I'd like to talk a little bit about anxiety in the bedroom. I know it can it can can kill the mood, it can kill erections, it can kill sex drives. You know, I mean, between anxiety and maybe pain with sex, these are probably the two biggest sex killers <laughs> that I can think of. And so I just want to kind of pick your brain a little bit because you are, you know, working with the neuroscience and nervous system and that sort of thing. So I'm just curious about your take on that. Yeah, and I think it is a big it is a big problem that can happen. And also it's very normal if it does. So if you're someone that's experiencing it, no, you're not alone. And I think the first key is to I think this can be a really challenging thing. As I mentioned earlier, we have such a go, go, go society. Everything is so goal oriented and driven. Um, and I think some of the things that can really help with performance anxiety are number one is taking the goal off the table because that can be right there such a huge relief to the nervous system. It's like we're going to show up and be together. And if we have sex, great. If we don't, great. If I have an orgasm, great. If I don't, great. But just really having the intention of connection in whatever way that looks like. It's really opening your definition of what sex looks like. Because if someone is coming to the table and they're concerned that maybe they won't get an erection or maybe it's going to be painful or maybe all the things that come up in our mind, Right, those will shut you down and cause that like tension and mm-hmm. the closing. It's like the yeah. closing yeah. versus like opening and receiving or being, you know, moving forward, moving towards. So I think that's the number one thing tip I would share is try as best as you can to take the goal off the table. That can help a lot. And then secondly is to spend some time, even if it's five minutes before intimacy, where you maybe breathe listen to a song together, look into one another's eyes, something to regulate your nervous systems a little bit. And I love how, you know, there's so many beautiful tantric practices around working with your energy systems and connecting them. But from a nervous system perspective, you know, even if, you know, if you study heart math or anything like that, we can actually, our system affects others. And so the more you can get on the same page with your partner energetically, the more you can open physically as well. So even if it's, you know, I love this practice of putting your hand on one another's hearts and just synchronizing your breath and just for a few minutes, like just paying attention, breathing the same if you can and just listening to one another's heartbeats for even if you did it for two minutes, just some form of connection to kind of take that anxiety part of your brain down and off, letting your body know it's safe to be with your partner, letting your body know that it's safe to move into this experience, whatever it looks like. So those little, even though I think, you know, creating a ritual around your connection can be so powerful because it's just like the, the Pavlov's dog of anxiety 
you can shift that by creating a different experience, right? And I think that's what's so beautiful about a ritual is it's like you create an intention. Even if it's simple as, you know, want to connect and feel close to you. Um, And then, again, letting it unfold as it may. Maybe you'll have that experience. Maybe you won't. And being okay with whatever arises. It's like just celebrating one another for showing up, for being together, for being there for each other. Like really being there for one another and whatever unfolds. Mm -hmm. And learning to hold yourself if you get upset or if something doesn't go the way you want. Learning to hold yourself through that because we're very we're a lot more resilient than we think we are and we have the capacity to hold whatever arises otherwise it wouldn't be coming up if it's coming up that's because your nervous system has the capacity to hold it and you have the capacity to move through it so maybe your partner doesn't get an erection and you feel upset maybe then it's time to think okay really understanding it's not about you and you know knowing what can you do to hold yourself when that happens so you don't make them feel bad right or so you don't um it's just taking responsibility of your own experience i guess is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i think that even starting to breathe for a few minutes together can be such a good way to cut down that cortical control where your brain is just like i gotta do the laundry and this is gonna hurt and i'm so stressed out and now the kid's gonna wake up right so even just breathing for two minutes with the slow breath can kind of slow that part of your brain down and activate different parts of the brain. So that is when you get connected to that more primal side, that more, that's the part of us that is innately an animalistic being, right? So we can connect to that basic need of sexual connection, oftentimes more easily when we're in a more of a a different state of our brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, I really love that whole part about getting on the same page of your lover and really, I think, delighting in each other's company. That's what I was kind of thinking about as you were talking about that mm-hmm. and just taking that minute, you know, those few minutes to be there and just connect. And I was, I, I don't remember the, the the science on it, but I I remember that like if you hug someone for more than so many minutes like there's like a change in your biochemistry and I'm wondering if that's kind of like along the same lines of what we're talking about here yes because you can kind of hack that oxytocin release you can get the hormones that are going to help you to release and I think like I said obviously you're not going to always have hours to spend together so even if it's just a few minutes that few minutes can be powerful if you have that intention. I love how you said delighting in one another's company. That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It's not. So you're taking away the, the goal and just delighting in each other's company or in each other's body and just explore and play and have fun. And really, that's all what it's about is having fun and mm-hmm. be sensual and, and just really delight in each other's bodies. And um Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your your free gift because I know that you have a, a sensuality activation, and so I'm kind of curious how this might all play into that. Yes, and this is actually it's such a simple practice, but it's such a powerful practice, and it's really taking time to drop in fully to each of your senses because the more I mean that's exactly what sensuality is is it's our activated senses, and the more we activate each of our senses, the more we activate different 
parts of our brain as well. So you can bring your full self on board to whatever you're experiencing. So again, whether that's having a meal with your family or whether that's having sex with your partner, it can just bring more of you online. So it's a beautiful practice to do alone, or you can also bring your partner in and that can be fun as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And, you know, I I really, I, I personally like being sensual. Like I love the, the feel of certain fabrics or the smell of certain scents and, you know, just really getting into and delighting in, in the senses. And I think bringing that into the bedroom really adds a, an amazing quality and dimension to the lovemaking experience. And so, yeah, I would encourage everybody to play around with that. Yes. Well, cool. So we will post the link to that on the show notes, in the show notes. And um, yeah, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today, Amanda. It's been really awesome. Thank you so much, Robin. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.